Thank you for downloading the following message from the Pickerington Church of Christ. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you as you walk with the Lord. For more information or to find additional resources, locate us on the web at pickeringtonchurch.org. Enjoy the message. Hello, everybody. I'm just going to stand down here tonight, especially since the three roads all the way across were empty. And we're going to talk about some, some things that are personable tonight, and I want to be a little bit personable. So I'm um, uh, really thankful to be up here tonight and um, that you all came out. I never overlooked that. Um, never take that for granted. And we have another opportunity to be together, talk about God's Word, um, let it be instilled in our hearts deeply, and that's the goal. And um, we never want to waste your time. We always want to do something that invests in you. And that will help you in your walk. Uh, tonight's no different. I enjoy uh, talking about the types of things I'm going to talk about tonight. Uh, it's not going to be exegeting biblical texts. It's going to be uh, topical. You, it's almost going to be something like in line with a lab night. Um, but we're just going to take a look at something that I, I wanted to do in the um, evangelism class. But the opportunity came up here on a Sunday evening. And I'd, I'd rather it, uh, this be something that more of you could, could learn and, and hopefully adapt and uh, begin to, to implement in your life. I want to talk about engaging with people, interacting with people as a Christian. And you know the saying, I think probably from the, from the saying on the screen here for the title, you could fill in the first part, right? What, what is the first part? People, they don't care how much you know. Until they know how much you care. Maybe you've never heard that, but it's saying's been around for a long time, and it's true. People really want to know that you care about them if you're going to make suggestions about how they live, especially, right? I mean, we have something that we're, we're um, uh, living and something that we are carrying around with us that we are supposed to share with others, but that we actually should want to. You know, the, 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 the thought of talking to other people, sharing faith, is not something that, that Jesus really begged us to do. You know, he, he's not, you don't see in scriptures him really trying to twist our arms. He said, now, freely receive, freely give. Go, go do this, right? And the apostles were in awe of him. And the disciples that were with them were in awe of him. And so it, it should not be um, a strain for us to begin to talk to people with the mindset that we would like them to become Christians. But there is a, there is a gap there usually. Uh, I want to pose four things. Let me find my clicker. I want to pose four things, four phases, if you will, of uh, or stages, I guess I'm calling them, four stages of conversation leading to, to discipleship. Um, and these things... Uh, are things that, that are the natural progression of meeting people and leading them to Christ were really, really good, I think, in general, and maybe, maybe some of us aren't, uh, maybe our personalities, we need to work on that because our personalities may not be that outgoing uh, or that um, conversive, but we're pretty good usually at learning about people when we're around them, 
I've been around a lot of you enough and other people too to hear how you talk with people. Like if we go out to lunch somewhere or I'm at your house or whatever, I, I see the good relationships that you have with uh, co-workers, if I've stopped in at work or uh, at your house, neighbors that say hi, uh, people, you know, you're not afraid to introduce those who are with you to people you're around. Like, like the initial uh, ability of the church to, to just be friendly is generally there. If it's not, I want to challenge you from stage one to really listen in very closely. But that stage involves learning about people, and the next stage involves caring about people when you learn about them. Because you'll learn things about people, undoubtedly, that you can care about. It might be something they're celebrating in life. But usually people will share something with you that's a challenge in their life. Even if it's just, i got to make it four more hours on this shift. Uh, there's something there you can care about. It's, that's not a stretch. We really do a pretty good job of that, I think. And if you don't, let this challenge you. Stage three, where we begin to share our faith, is probably where there's a little bit of a gulf fixed, maybe a great gulf fixed for you, between being friendly and being caring and then beginning to share your faith. It usually involves speaking about your faith, not always. There's ways to share your faith without actually verbally speaking. But it usually means we're going to talk about our faith, our values, what we believe, uh, offer to pray, etc. I'll get into that a little bit. Stage four is discipling. You have found somebody that really is interested in what you believe, why you believe it. They agree with you and they want to learn more about it. They're, just, they're, they're, they're peaked. Their interest is peaked. We might say it's an open heart. And um, uh, what then? Now, that will involve something on our behalf too. And every one of us really needs to learn how to walk through all four of these stages. Every one of us needs to learn, no matter what your personality type is. Because there's methods and strategies to do it, everybody can do it. It's not a cookie cutter thing where everybody has to say certain things uh, and, and you have to approach people the same way. But Jesus is telling us, share your faith. And if you would admit it, I will. If you're excited about something, it's really not a problem to talk about it. I don't care what your personality type. If you really believe something, you'll say, I believe that. If you really are invested in something, you want to share that with somebody. And if you have a heart of God, you'll, you'll care about the same things he cares about. So... Let's take a minute and go through and take a look at some of these things. But, but as we do, I want you to think about this. This is something that we should enjoy. This is something we should enjoy. Um, I, I say it all the time. You all argue with me all the time. I, by definition, at least some definitions, I'm introverted. I am. And it doesn't have to do with how much I talk. I, I know. I talk your ear off. I know that. When I went to West Virginia, I was tired, so I drank a little energy. Oh, I talked those people's ear off. I talk your ear off anyhow. I know that, but it's not my preference. My preference is I could go hide away for four days by myself. You know, give me my 22, especially, and I'm like happy. All right? I get filled up. I get replenished. I get refreshed. But when I'm around people, I, 
I actually spend energy. Tonight, I'll be exhausted. I, I will. It's like, it, it takes energy. My daughter Amelia is the opposite. The more she's around people, the more she's all fired up. With me, I kind of slowly, by Sunday night, maybe even after tonight, you'll see me start being like, I need to just go home, fall asleep to a football game. We're all different. We're all different. But I am excited about something. I'm excited about something. I'm excited about what Richard said he was excited about when we were communing together this morning. And that has bred in me a desire to talk about it. I just can't help it. Uh, Richard, Anthony, myself, others, um, maybe you hear us pouring scripture out as we speak and we're excited about this. We weren't born excited about God and therefore we said, well, I want to be a preacher. He gave us a song. He gave us a song. And we believed we couldn't help but preach. And so when you deeply believe that Jesus Christ died for you so that you can have eternal life, and you see the gospel continually working in your life, you'll be able to say something. That being said, if you're sitting there going, well, I don't, I don't actually talk about my faith that much, does that mean I'm not that excited or I don't deeply believe? I don't believe so. I just, mean, I just think it means that we need to work on next steps. Um, we need to go through this process of learning, uh, seeing maybe how it looks when we get into a relationship with somebody deeply enough that we can actually lead them to Christ and ultimately into a, mature, a maturing relationship with Jesus Christ. So every one of us can do that. It's, it's in us. We have to allow ourselves to get through some of the um, challenges, usually that, that, are, that are facing our personalities. Um, and again, if, if it is something where I'm just not that excited about my faith, I would challenge you to repent. I would challenge you to allow the gospel to speak loudly in your life and, and teach you and remind you about what is really truly important and true in this life. So it, that may be the case. I don't want to overlook that. I don't want to downplay that. We, we simply may need to repent and care about things that God cares about. Let's begin to uh, take a look at stage one. I'm, on each one of these, I'm going to have a key, an aim, the action, and then a, a case we can look at in scriptures. Okay, so the key to stage one learning about people is awareness, is awareness. What are we aware of? As Christians, we need to be aware that we are on a mission with Jesus to plant and water in his kingdom, uh, in the world, to cast seed in the world. We are to be the one who went out into his field to sow. We are to be those people, okay? So however hard that is for you, do understand that we are those who need to be aware that I am called and commanded to seek and save the lost because it's something that is the dearest thing on God's heart. And if I want to grow close to God, I want to do the things that God loves. I'll know, I'll know that I'm pleasing to God when I'm doing those things with the same heart. So awareness. So here's just right off. Uh, you go to the bank, you go to the grocery store, you go 
through a, a drive-through to get food. Everybody that you come into contact with, everybody is fair game for you to do mission work. Everybody. There's nobody that's excluded from morning to the time you go to bed. Who are the first people you see when you wake up? Usually not strangers. I hope not. Your family members, right? Hey, you start right there. You start right there. Maybe they're already Christians. Wonderful. Do they need discipleship? Yes. How can I take them from where they're at and help them to grow? This applies to them. What about those who are not that are in your family? This is a good way for you to, to, to think through where am I in this process with these, with these people that I love so dearly. You're going to run into coworkers if you're at work. If you're going to work, you're going to run into coworkers first. You might stop and get coffee at the same place every morning. You get the point, okay? Everybody is fair game. If you wake up in the morning and you say, <clears throat> I'm God's today, I want to start with him. I hope you pray in the mornings. I, I really strongly push that, I know. Before you get your feet out on the bed on the floor or put them on the floor and turn around and pray, just first thing in the morning, be prayerful. God, I want to do what you'd have me to do today. I know what the general mission is. I know what you want me to do today in general. Now, who it involves, what it looks like, what I need to do to accomplish that, I don't know, but I'm going to let you lead me. I'm going to let you help me find those people, but I'm going to be aware of it. I'm not going to be sleeping. I'm going to be aware of it. My waiter, waitress at the table, whoever it is, I'm just aware. God loves these people. I'm his representative here. It's the most important thing on his mind. It needs to be the most important thing on my mind. Are you sold yet? Are you with me? All right, so just awareness. This is, this is something that we uh, become. We become aware of this. The aim is to just learn about people. And this is where I said, um, I, I, I think by definition I feel introverted, but I've learned to really enjoy learning about people. Uh, you, you really meet some interesting people. Sometimes in a good way, sometimes not. But you just re really meet some interesting people. You also meet people that you can learn from, just neat things. But I'm listening. You know, I, I was going to call this listening, but really I'm listening to learn. So this is learning. And it involves greeting people. Hi, how are you doing today? And you really mean it. How are you doing today? And they usually tell you. Sometimes they're in a hurry. I'm fine, how are you? Yeah. How are you doing today? You having a good day? Usually that means, oh, they really want to know. Uh, uh, he really wants to know how I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, it's going okay. Just greeting people, inquiring. I was in the Myers the other day. Uh, no, was in, in the summer, I noticed there was a lot of young people working, right around 20 years old. I assumed that they were home from college. <laughs> got a job at Myers. I was right 100% of the time. <laughs> you home for school, from school this summer? You look like you might be in college? Yeah. Yeah, where you go? And then that just opens up. How many questions can you ask, right? Well, you're studying, blah, blah, blah. They're dinging, you know, and you're going through, looking at the tag, you know, Rachel, John, whoever. I'm learning. Now, what do you do with that? The aim is to gather facts so that you can enter into stage two. I'm learning. I want to remember that name. Uh, Dan Massey and I meet at Subway on his days off. That's in Myers, on, in Canal Winchester, because we ran into some people that we want to have continual contact with, who we explained to them, we were studying scripture, 
also whom we had the opportunity, strangely, to serve, and they served us subs, but we also were able to help in a couple, like wheels falling off the carts that have potato chips on them, and we you know, fix it, right, that kind of thing. And so um, we engaged in conversation, some of Gillespie's classmates, in fact, and they knew about it. I gave them fish bracelets. They loved it. I said, we need to come back again. Why? Because we've learned about these people, and I don't want to leave it. So if you like subs, Dan Massey, so do I. Let's meet here. We meet there every time. Little tables, it's uncomfortable, you know. But boy, can you meet a lot of other people coming through the produce section. Just awareness, okay? That's, that's, that is nothing that you can't do. That's nothing that anyone in here cannot do, okay? Uh, the case for it, listening. Let's take a peek at John chapter 4. Uh, I'm going to skim some of these scriptures, but you'll see the uh, cadence that, that I'm pointing out here. Look at verse 3. John 4, 3, where Jesus left Judea and departed again to Galilee because he needed to go through Samaria. Look at John 4 with me. He needed to go through Samaria. Why? I suppose this is one of the reasons. Samaritans needed reached. Jesus was aware he was on mission, right? So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Very historic place. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour, so it's high noon. It's hot. He's thirsty. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. You might think, well, that's kind of rude, isn't it? You know, give me a drink. Yeah, that's how we kind of picture it. Like when he told his mother, you know, woman, you know, what does this have to do with my will, right? Uh, she says, how is it that you ask me a drink? So let's get over that. It wasn't a rude greeting, all right? How is it that you would ask me for a drink? He asked, woman, give me a drink. And so she begins to notice, you really shouldn't be talking to me. So he was doing some things that weren't supposed to be done in society. Why? Because he wanted to learn about this woman who God created, who probably was lost. And I'll say that, most of the people you come into contact with probably are lost. Most of them, by far are probably lost. He assumed this, the same. And um, she goes through all these barriers, you know. Shouldn't be talking about I'm a Samaritan. You're a Jew. I'm a woman. You're a man. You have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus began to enter into next stages. He began to enter into caring about her. If you knew who it was who asked for you for a drink, you'd asked him. So he began to care about her and, and invoke conversation, but he follows her lead. If you just go through there and read the words in red, he's responsive to what she is saying, and he's using that to just get to know her better, to teach her a little bit more. He keeps leading her into further questions. He's listening, actually. And then he begins to engage in these next stages that we'll see where he is sharing and then she is listening, and she's following his lead, all right? But initially, Jesus is a friendly guy. Do you remember him walking through the throngs of people and the disciples? Can you picture their faces, just grouchy, you know, got the crinkle right here? Get these children away. Come on, oh, parents. 
get the children away. This is the Messiah. You know, have some respect. And Jesus just shakes his head, you know. I just, just picture him going, let the children come here. And he, he must have sat down somewhere because it says he put them on his lap. And he just enjoyed them. He was an enjoyable person, all right? He wasn't always so locked into his own business. His business was to reach these people. He blessed those children. And by doing so, he blessed the parents. He was friendly. He enjoyed people. Stage one, listen closely. Now, when you get down to verses 25 and 6, you'll see where we're going with this in the next couple slides. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. See, they're in sharing phase now. He's sharing about God facts, and she's sharing what she knows. I know that Messiah is coming, uh, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things, and then he drops the bomb. Verse 26, Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Now, you think, well, I'm not Jesus. But conversations look like this. The one whom you need is Christ. That doesn't take very long if you're conscientious and somebody is telling you they have interest in the same spiritual values that you do or that they don't know about it but they would like to seek God. And they know that you're a Christian now because you've maybe spoken about your faith or your values or the lovely people at your church, right? And, and they're kind of on to it. And now they, they want to they ask some questions. And it sets up for the final uh, stages of what you need is the gospel. And then discipleship began. Discipleship began. She became a follower. Uh, he told her, Go. She went. She sent a bunch of people out to him. Started a whole, right? So um, you see this interact. It just starts with interaction at a well. He was thirsty, right? Stage one. Let's go to stage two. Care about people. I'll never forget uh, when I was at Ohio University doing the work there with the college students. uh, Willie Franklin came about every year. Very, very grateful that I got to meet him through a connection through one of our students who greatly admired him. We had him come up. I didn't really know him. I, I marveled at his ability to do these things. But we sat down finally, like three or four of us, some of the students. Anthony, I don't remember if, if, if you were there yet. It was pretty early on. It might have been early, like around 2000. And uh, one of the students said, how do you do it? Do what? You know, like, how do you engage in conversations with people you just met, and the next thing you know, you're talking to these uh, young men about the need to forgive their fathers and, and grow up and be a man, and they're actually listening to you and want more. How do you do that? How do you talk to these young women as an older man, and uh, within minutes, you're talking to them about the kind of man they're going to end up marrying? How do you do that? We expected a pretty elaborate answer. We, we didn't get one. We got one word. It's right there after the colon, stage two, colon, stage two colon. I'm not talking about a medical condition, right? It's right there at care, okay? One word. He said, I care about people. Now, he wasn't boasting on himself. He's saying, this is what I have learned to do, and I try to do it really well. 
I listen for any cues, clues about that person, and I like to engage them about those things. I like to take, take it to things that they want to talk about. Okay? We, we find it easy to talk about ourselves because we know ourselves. I can share a lot of stuff about me. But if we're careful, we'll share a bunch of stuff about us and walk away and feel like we made an acquaintance, and we don't know nothing about them. Jesus wanted to know about people, and he listened carefully. Who touched me? Who touched me? No, power went out from me. Who was that? I want to know. Remember? He wanted to know about people. Uh, Willie Franklin said, I've just learned to care deeply about people. Whoa, okay. So when, when I realized it really was that simple, I realized I fell way short. And I really kind of reframed how he was approaching people. I said, oh, this is really just simply what Jesus does. It's what we're taught. It's what I should be doing. I don't need to be him. I don't need to say the same things he does. He goes up and kisses strangers. Man, he grabs them, picks them up, kisses them. How you doing? I can't do that. <laughs> I'll get punched. Willie doesn't get punched, right? Former NFL football player. I was like, I'm not going to use that method. Didn't need to, but I had to see how, would, how does it look when I do that. And I began to learn how to do that. You can too, but you need to be able to allow yourself to pursue it. The aim is so that in this case, they connect with you. You want that person to see light and salt in you. That's okay. Jesus said, be light and salt. It's okay that you want them to respect you. That's the only way they're going to listen to you. So you want to make a connection with them, and you want it to revolve around the fact that you are trying to make a connection based upon some good works that you are doing, some good words that you are sharing that look like something Jesus would do and say. So make a connection with you. Show how much you care. That's the action. Show how much you care. Uh, I remember starting to learn this as a, as a young campus minister. Uh, I could give you a lot of examples, and it, I'm telling you, it wouldn't be bragging because you're being like, well, so what? I, I do that. That's exactly right. I'll just give you an example that changed somebody's life. Uh, there was uh, a young Hispanic girl coming to Hawking College, she was a minority there, very much so there. She wasn't too conscientious about that, but it might have kept her a little bit reserved in the, in the group meetings that we were having. But she was very friendly, very lovable, but she was, 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 not, she was not putting forth steps to grow closer. There was a little bit of a, a, a hands-out, even though she showed up to everything. One night... Uh, we heard from one of the other students that she wasn't going to be able to make it because she was overwhelmed with stuff. She had dishes piled up in her room, which is actually above the meeting rooms where we were. It's a co-ed dorm. You could go up there with permission and, um, or with an escort, right? And so um, I called my partner, J.D. Smith, and I said, hey, you want to go wash some dishes? He goes, why, what's up? And I said, Liz can't be there because... She's got dishes to wash. 
Let's like take that excuse away. More so, let's just go love on her. Let's break the ice. And uh, we uh, found someone to take us up and, and uh, they knocked on the door. Hey, these two guys are out here, whatever. She opened the door and she smiled ear to ear. There were her dishes right there, just inside the door piled up. And we just walked in, got the washcloths and started singing and, and having a good time with it. And she's laughing. Uh, just completely broke the wall down. Uh, she became a Christian within a few weeks after that. And uh, it, it, was, it was simply just that act of washing her dishes because we care about her. Yes, we're, here. Well, we're washing your dishes. No, we're going to wash your dishes. And then you're going to come to Bible study. I'll be there, right? Uh, and uh, that's the type of thing I'm talking about. <laughs> Nothing too deeply theological, just very practical, right? In Luke 8, 1 and 2, which is our scripture reading, I'll just point this out. When it says that Jesus came preaching and bringing the gospel, he was speaking the words. Yes, his reputation went before him and crowds came out to him already. It wasn't quite the same setting, but what I want you to see in there is that he was bringing the gospel. He went into a situation where he was going to preach and he made sure that he was caring about people and being personable and showing that he loved them. It might have been... Uh, one of those cases where he called some of the children up just to show people that this is what the love of God looks like. Now let me tell you more about it. Okay, that's what we're talking about. There's those two things. Let's look at this next one. Uh, <clears throat> stage three is sharing. Share. You have learned about somebody. You have cared about somebody. They appreciate you. They respect you for it. And they will most likely listen to what you have to say or a little bit now about who you are. Okay? So you've done the work in your works. You don't have to just all of a sudden cold turkey. You build a little bit of a relationship. Sometimes it can happen in one conversation, get you all the way down this far. Discipleship, a little more preparation, follow-up, time. This can happen, stage one, two, three, in one conversation. But if it doesn't, hey, I learned the name of that young man at that cash register. Now, next time I go to Meyer to grab some milk or whatever, and I like to go to the grocery store, and Monica likes it, I like to go, I think. I like to go because I like to eat. But I like, I like these young people that work there. We have a good time. Uh, I'm going to go... I'm going to look for them. I'm not looking at the shortest line. I got five items. I'm going to hit this checkout and I'm going to get out of here. I'm telling you that I'm looking for the same person that I talked to the last time so I can address them by name. Yeah, you know me. I forget their names most of the time. So I might be behind somebody looking over there going, ah, their tags flipped. You know, you know that kind of thing. And I want, to, I want to pick up the conversation. We go, hey, how's it going? Good. Uh, hey, got two weeks left before you go back to school. You ready? Just pick right up. Go into the next stage. I found out that a couple of the young people that worked at Subway uh, were going to go to school locally and continue working at Subway a couple days a week. I wonder if God had to do anything with that. I don't know. We'll find out. Stay tuned. Because now that opportunity can continue to converse with that person. So... We are talking about sharing faith, sharing values, sharing scripture. People sometimes are troubled about things. We know 
solutions to those things. We can give advice to people. Even if it's just, you know, we should pray about that. Do you mind if I pray for you? Hey, I've got something that I want to give you that might help you. And I jot down a scripture. And no, I, sometimes I don't remember the scripture either. So guess what? we got cell phones now. i got a Bible app. And we're like, put in my Myers M perks, and I'm looking up that scripture. Or I'll check out and go out here for a minute with my bags, and I'll check it. That's what it was. Uh, and I'm going to write it down. I'm going to leave it with them. Read that. I'll be back next week, three or four days. Um, so we want to be thoughtful. Now we want to be prepared. <clears throat> the key to that last one was thoughtfulness. I've got to think about how to do this. You're still in thoughtful mode, but you're prepared now because you've built a relationship to look for ways to share. I remember talking with uh, Denise, if you don't mind. Denise Broomfield has good exchanges with a woman at work. And we talked about these Bible apps that are new to both of us. I mean, I still don't use mine in this way that much, but I started to. Hey, this is a good way with people I don't get to see very often. Or if you're at work, you don't always have time to talk about this stuff. You're in different offices. I mean, maybe you can do lunch together. That's great. Sometimes you can't. But, you, but you, you've had a conversation or two with this person. We were just talking about, you know, you can share Bible verses on the apps. This person had an app or not. If not, you can ask them to download an app. I want to share some stuff with you. Why don't we do that and build each other up? It doesn't have to be you telling them what to do. Let's share and build, build each other up. And so you're sharing scripture. You're sharing prayer time together. Okay. Many times you'll have the opportunity to pray with somebody right where you're at if you're aware of it. In John 18, 35 through 38, we won't turn there. My time's running out now. But Jesus was on trial before Pilate. He came back into the praetorium. Jesus is standing there. He said, are you the king of the Jews? Would you just say so? Jesus' primary concern from his conversation is Pilate's soul. He's not trying to get out of it, right? He knows this is the Father's will. This is going to happen, and I'm going to take as many people with me as I can. <laughs> That's how he was looking at it. And Pilate's asking him questions, and Jesus said, are you asking for yourself, or did someone else wish to know these things? You know what he's asking? Do you want to know? And he told him who he was, what he was doing here, what his kingdom was like, what was going to happen after that, that there was absolute truth in the world because God exists, and that he wouldn't have authority to be Pilate of Rome if God hadn't given him the authority. And he did all that standing there in handcuffs, about to be severely beaten with thorns and uncrucified. His concern was Pilate. That's awareness, that's thoughtfulness, that's preparedness, and that is who Jesus is and wants us to imitate. He wants us to imitate. Now, let's look at this last one. Discipling. The key to discipling. I could put a ton of stuff here. I changed it 22 times, I think. What's really the key? I, I got I to know my Bible really well. No, you don't, actually. No, you don't actually. You need to know some things. You know what Paul told people? He told them what happened to him. When he preached to him, he said, look, I'm just, this is what happened to me. 
I cannot help, Peter said, we cannot help but speak the things which we have heard and seen. You know, it wasn't rocket science. Can you talk about some of the things that you believe, that we stand for, that are precious to you? Can you tell about how God loves you and Christ died for you? Yes, you can. You know that much, right? I just need to make myself available to follow up with people who actually say, I really appreciated that prayer. And to be able to say, I'd love to show you more about what God wants for your life in Christ. Guess what, though? I better be ready to spend some time in my busy life with that person. Availability, really, is what you need to be ready to give to these people. And if you say, boy, now I'm not really, I'm a little rusty on my Bible. Uh, I'm not sure what, how I'll do this. Are there, yeah, there's tools that they're teaching at church. I'll go, I'll go ask somebody. I'll, I'll go get some tools I need to study up. You can do all that. You can give them a verse a week. And if they're hungry, they're going to drink it in and, and grow thereby. But you need to be available to give them a verse per week. You've got to care enough. You've got to care enough to do that. Make yourself available. Don't be so busy that all you can see is your own stuff. You've got to be available. We all are called to do that. And then I can begin to teach. Actually, what am I doing? I'm conveying a message. Teaching. What am I doing? I'm letting God speak for himself. It doesn't require me to be a great teacher. It doesn't require you to be a great teacher. It requires you to be available to say, here's what God said here in this place in the Bible. I know you have 22 more questions. I'm going to write them down. And we can talk about those next time. And you're going to scurry back and prepare for that maybe. Right now, check this out. You guys can do that. Everybody can do that. Again, it's, it's not too much for us to do. But the aim in this ultimately is, I remember my old baseball coach, Max Bishop, Seville Cardinals, be up to bat and he'd say, envision hitting the ball up the middle, Matt. Boy, I would. There's the pitcher. There's the ball in his hand. And I'm picturing it coming in, cracking off my bat and going right over his head in the center field. You know, it worked pretty good because it gave me confidence. That's really what it did. And I envision people sitting here worshiping with us, communing with us, serving their neighbors, reaching their family. That's what I envision. That's the aim of this. Multiplication. I want to see this. Listen, I might strike out with 100 people, but if that one person teaches one other person and they teach 100 people, score, man, big time, right? Big time multiplication. I remember when my son, Colton, was, he was fired up to go save the world. He still is. He's still pretty fired up. But like he was jumping on planes to go to Haiti and all that. You remember that, right? I, I got to save the world here. We're in trouble, you know? I'm like, but, but you're restless. Today you're restless being here. What if it wasn't you that was going to go save the world, but this person but you felt like it had to be you, but if you just worked with this person, they actually will be in position to save a whole bunch of people. What if you saved, the, what if you saved Saul of Tarsus? Right? What if you're the one right, that converts one of these guys or these women? Just 
we got to be aware, church. I'm going to leave you with that. Uh, there's a few other things I have on another slide. I'll save it for another time. It's the three things really that are pre prerequisite, I believe, to you even saying, I'll start with stage one tomorrow or tonight. There's, there's some things that are prerequisite to that. Now I've got to say, I'll tell you what they are. Your character, your Christian character, if you're in sin, you probably won't talk to anybody. Shame will shut you down. Your Christian character, be right with God. I think that that hurts a lot of Christians' ability to evangelize. I don't think I'm worthy to say anything. Your Christian character, work on that. Be right with God. Concerned for the loss, I, I think we're too busy with everything else to be concerned about the loss. Uh, we think there's other things that are more important. And we might be kind, stage one, and, and make acquaintances, and we might share, or excuse me, care about people and stop there because it's uncomfortable to go further. I've got to be concerned about getting them home and connected to the body. If you are unfaithful to the body of Christ, if your attendance stinks, you're probably not going to want to go tell somebody, hey, come to church with me because well, I'm not going to be there. I'm going on a boating trip that weekend. Then I'm going to run over here and go to a ball game the next weekend. And I don't, know, I don't like to go to Bible class. And so... I, if your attendance stinks, you probably won't ask somebody to come worship with you, right? So there's some things. I will, I will deal with that in another lesson, getting right, okay? But I guess I needed to tell you what some of those things were. That will help you start with number one. Otherwise, I don't think people get out of the gates. I don't think they get out of the gates. The grace of God will help you begin to do this and finish Go cross the finish line with people. If you understand the gospel in your own life, it'll help you bring somebody else home. We've got to have that, church. Uh, I want to invite you, if you're not a Christian, to become a Christian, to become a mature Christian in Christ so that you can receive the fullness of the blessings of God, so that you can receive the abundance that is exceedingly abundantly beyond anything you're able to think or imagine. That's the promise. Anthony, there's another promise. That's the promise, that a life is for you. I want you to start that tonight if you haven't. And if any of these other things are an issue for you and you need prayers to be strengthened, we'll pray with you tonight. Don't be afraid to come up and ask for prayers. We'll, we'll gather around and pray with you, but don't leave tonight without doing that. Let's stand and sing the song that's been picked out for us. Let us help you.